What's poppin'? Who you a Brand new whip, just hopped in. I got options. I can pass that bitch like Stockton. Welcome to another episode of In Foul Territory. I'm your host, CJ. Sitting next to me is my co-host, Derek. Uh, we had another action-packed week of baseball. or some exciting things going on. Some not-so-exciting things going on. Some crazy things happening. Definitely some crazy things. Oh, my goodness. It's, uh, you know, we're in September now. It's our first episode in September. Uh... We have less than a month left, mm-hmm. obviously, about 20-something games until the end, and the standings look a little bit weird. Yeah, there's a little some, bit. There's some surprises so far. Yeah, at the beginning of the season when you're we're talking about predictions and teams that are supposed to be good, you know, mm-hmm. it's, a little, uh, it's a little backwards in some areas. Oh, very, and uh, later this episode, obviously, since we're a little close to the end, we're going to revisit our award predictions and we're going to talk about who we think uh is going to be winning the awards by the time the season's over uh look at the playoff outlook especially with the standings uh do some weekly awards and then uh got a random question for you at the end okay that i'm excited to see the answer to okay so let's hop right into it we have uh like i said some interesting spots in the standings right now uh i think the biggest surprise in my mind right now is probably some either the rays or um probably just like the nl east in general (laughs) yeah i mean at the beginning of the season when you were looking at the American League East, mm-hmm. everybody that knows anything about baseball had Yankees at the top mm-hmm. and then the rest. Maybe probably the Rays in second and then probably the Blue Jays. So you probably could have predicted like that order. But I don't think anybody saw it coming that the Rays were going to be this good. And obviously the Yankees, they've been dealing with a lot of injuries. Uh, hence their, their fall. They're only 21 and 17, tied for second. Mm-hmm. But... The Rays right now, other than the Dodgers, they're the best team in baseball. And I don't think anybody saw that coming. No. That, like, the Rays are just a weird team. Because, like, they really don't have good hitters. Like, there's no... I'm not not like a Mike Trump, but there's no stars on that team. Mm-hmm. And they have, like, eight severe pitching injuries eight pitchers that are on the 25-man roster or 26-man roster that are hurt. Mm-hmm. And they're still, they're 27 and 12. They're eight. They've won eight of their last 10. They've won like, ooh, I don't even remember, like 23 of their last, like 26. Yeah, they're on an <laughs> they're, unbelievable tear. They're on fire. Like, I, I still remember from, I think, after our first or second episode, mm-hmm. I had the Risers and Fallers. Tampa Bay, I still remember their record. They were five and seven. I said by the end of that week, they're gonna be above five hundred. And so they're five and seven at that point. Now they're twenty seven and twelve. Yeah. So that's twenty two and five, I believe, is the math on that. Mm-hmm. In their last twenty seven games, I think. Yeah. That's insane. 
they're going crazy. Mm-hmm. And they're and like you said, they don't really have like the superstar hitters, but they're like I think seventh or eighth in the league right now in terms of like total team runs scored. Yep. Like they don't have the star hitters, but they're scoring runs mm-hmm. and they're pitching great. They're doing everything they have to to be a, a division leading team. Yeah, they have 201 runs scored. That is the second best in the American League behind the White Sox with 205. And Atlanta scored 208. And, oh, my God. Yeah, the Dodgers is crazy. <laughs> oh, my God. The Dodgers have scored 228. San Diego scored 229. San Francisco scored 206. Oof, San Francisco lost 211. Yeah, that's their issue. That's, <laughs> dude. San Francisco would be really good if they could just if they, had they need pitching? they need pitching. Like that doesn't they don't even have a bad lineup. No, they scored two hundred and six like, exactly. runs. Exactly. I mean like on paper it's not the greatest lineup, but they're playing good. Yeah. And that's well, like the same thing with Tampa. It probably helps that they just scored twenty yeah, four runs right. in the game or whatever. So it may be a little inflated, but I mean, still. That's a like little, it's impressive. For a team that no one expected to win like twenty games this year. Yeah. To be top, like, five mm-hmm. in a run score is still pretty good. That's something to be proud of. Very good. And um, uh, not much of a change in the AL Central. You still have the White Sox in first um, by half a game. Mm-hmm. Cleveland second. And then Minnesota is coming back. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're playing the Tigers right now, but they've won four in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they've got another game against Detroit. I believe today. Because I think they had a doubleheader yesterday. And yep. So they, they played Detroit again today at 7 o'clock. Yeah, so that could be another win. That would be five in a row for them. They That would put them at 25 and 16. Oh, wait. They got a bunch of games coming up against the Tigers. I figure. So we're filming this on, this is Saturday, right? This is Saturday, September so, 5th. Yeah, so they play the Tigers tonight. Um, Sunday they play again, and then Monday they play again. All against the Tigers. Well, that is probably because, what, last week they had what a postponed game and then to yeah. a double header that got rained out <laughs> so we're just playing the twins in like that's a six games here probably not a good thing for the tigers for no for the, um, for the twins that's like best case scenario for the twins it's great <laughs> uh not much of a change in the al west i think last time we filmed the a's were like two and a half games up they're mm-hmm. two games up now yeah uh houston's still pretty good they're they went they've won six of the last ten Oakland's hit a little bit of a skid. They're five. They've won five of their last ten. They've lost three in a row. Mm-hmm. But twenty two and thirteen, Houston's twenty one sixteen. Those two teams are obvious, yeah. Um, playoff teams because the last three are terrible. Seattle sixteen twenty two and they're in third. Mm-hmm. Crazy thing about Seattle, they're they've won seven of their last ten. They've won three in a row. Yeah, that's not that bad. No, it's not like. You predicted them to have 12 wins. I know. And that was rough. I know. <laughs> but uh, uh, they're not a team that's going to contend. You know, they, mm-hmm. they just got a lot of young guys. You know, Kyle Lewis is, is obviously doing really good. And, you know, they have they have upside. But yeah. with the amount of good teams in the American League right now, there's not a shot for them. I'd say the best thing for them is just for all those rookies to keep playing well and keep developing while your team is also garbage. Yes. That way you keep getting high draft picks and more and more picks and stuff mm-hmm. to develop your team more. Right. But Which they have a lot of help coming soon. But, yeah, this year is not the year. But nice to see them on a little run yeah. like that. Um, you know, NL East, like I said, uh, if you didn't notice, Philly yeah. 
went on a fucking tear. Philly is the hottest team in baseball. It's funny because there was the Zoom press conference with Bryce Harper. He said, what this team needs to do right now is go out and win 9 out of 10 games. And they won 9 out of 10 games. (laughs) That's crazy. They're they're 9-1 in the last 10. They've won 5 in a row. And they're just... The only problem there is with Philly is that I don't think they have enough starting pitching depth. And their bullpen is atrocious. Mm -hmm. That lineup is good. Clearly. But when you can't pitch, pitching wins you... Not just games, but the pitching wins you World Series. If you don't have pitching, you're screwed. Right. Uh, so. And, you know, and that was something that they knew. And, yeah. And just this past week in the trade deadline, that's that's something they heavily addressed. Exactly. They went out. They traded uh, with the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. Took uh, Brandon Workman and I think. Brandon Workman and I think it was Heath like Keith Hembree or something like that. And then they got somebody else from, I can't remember who it was. From the Brewers. They got, um. Gosh, I can't remember his name. David Phelps. David Phelps, yep. So, I mean, obviously those aren't going to be, you know, your your top-tier relievers, but those mm-hmm. are guys that they can bring in, um, potentially can get you some quality innings, maybe more so than what they were getting from guys they already have. So uh, they knew that that was something they needed to fix, and to the best of their abilities, they, they did, and they tried to fix it. So for this last 20-game stretch, we'll see how that works out for mm-hmm. them. Um it's looking like that as long as they keep up a, a 500 pace for the next 20 games, maybe a little over 500, they're probably going to be able to stay in that second spot because mm-hmm. I don't know who's going to threaten for it. Like Miami yeah. is in third, and yeah. they're probably not going to be a serious threat. And then uh, the Mets and the Nationals are just mm-hmm. a barn fire right now. So yeah. The Nationals and Mets, I would probably go ahead and say that they're just out of it. Yeah. The Mets are six and a half games back with 20, 20-ish games left. Yeah. That's not possible. No. And and they they were buyers at the deadline, which was the stupidest thing they could have done. I mean, they were buyers in, like, the worst way because they added Robinson, Chirinos, Todd Frazier, and Yeah, um, like, Miguel, they, they weren't even good buys. Yeah, like Miguel, not Miguel Rojas, um... He was a pitcher, Miguel something. Yeah, don't remember. Like, like they went to, they went to the Salvation Army to try and get a, a mm-hmm. suit to wear for their wedding. Yeah, got it for like five bucks, and it was ripped in the seams. Didn't fit right. It was, it was like sizes too big. It was like putting makeup on a pig. Exactly. It's just not. It's not. It's good. still a pig. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't matter what you do to it. It's still a pig. Um, yeah, I like. Obviously, with the eight-team setup, first and second place is automatic um, playoff spot. So, mm-hmm. I don't think Miami's really going to contend for that spot. If Philly stays 500 and they, they're 19 and 15, if they win, if they go 34 in 26... That'll get you in. Yeah. In the National League especially. Oh, for sure. I, if you are 500 in the National League, you're a playoff team. Yeah. Because there are one, two, three... Four, five teams above five hundred. Yeah, that means there's going to be three teams that are not necessarily below five hundred, but three teams that are really probably not that good. Right. <laughs> you know, because you have the Cubs are not running away with the division because they've been bad recently. They've been great. They've 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 won five of their last ten. Yeah, they're um, playing five hundred baseball. Yeah, they're just kind of cruising. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Milwaukee's eighteen and nineteen. St. Louis um went on 
they were doing good. They are, they've won four of the last ten though now. Mm-hmm. Uh they're a game below five hundred. Cincinnati's seventeen and twenty two. Pittsburgh doesn't even matter. They're twelve and twenty five. Yeah, they're just out of it. Like it's gonna be Cubs and either Milwaukee or St. Louis. The Cubs are yeah. basically guaranteed to win the division at this time. Mm-hmm. At this like point. they're not running away with it, but at the same time, no one's gonna really be able to catch them. Yeah. Unless they just go on an absolute torrential just slump, mm-hmm. which I don't see happening. I mean, I'm not going to say we're we're going to go out and, and win the next 10 games in a row yeah. or anything. We're not on fire. But at the same time, we're not going to go out and lose the next 10. Mm-hmm. So they're probably going to keep playing this 5-5-10 five and five and 10 or 6-4, and four, maybe 7-3 and three at the at the high end. Yeah. But they're not a team that's that's lighting up the scoreboards by any means. Yeah. Uh, NL West, by far the most, like, complex division because everybody's good um arizona has fallen off they were bad at first then they got hot now they're bad again yeah san francisco was bad and then they got hot now they're still kind of hot because they just fucking went off against colorado yeah there was an absolute jeffrey dahmer style murder Mm -hmm. in colorado it was what 23 to 2 23 4 23 to 4, 5, something like something that. Like they that. put up a fight in the ninth. The, the Rockies. Bad. <laughs> yeah. God. Did, did you see uh, on uh, Colorado Rockies Twitter, there, there was like uh, the guy that runs it. Like, mm. usually after a loss or whatever, he's really positive and optimistic. But after that one, he was like, there's no getting around it. That sucked. <laughs> like, on to the next one. Yeah. <laughs> like, he just, that's what he put. I, I love that. I love the guys that run those social media accounts. They, it's funny. They're funny. Because, uh, like, at the start of September, they're like, this is going to be a good month, is yeah. what their Twitter said. And then, like, that happened, like, September 1st, and, they're like, <laughs> everybody's just shitting on them for doing that. Like, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like, damn. It's just the start. A uh, little off topic, but it's kind of in, in going into the social media thing. Just the other day, um, the Washington football team Twitter account, like, posted a picture of, like, Adrian Peterson, and they said, like, ready to go for the season with, like, fire emojis. And then Adrian Peterson commented on it. He said something, and then, like, the next day he gets cut. Yeah. <laughs> it's just funny how that works. It's like, um, they do it all the time with, like, happy birthdays or something. I think it was, like, a Rangers pitcher. And they're like, happy birthday to so-and-so, like, a reliever. And then, like, the next day, like, we have released. Yeah. <laughs> we have DFA'd <laughs> this guy. <laughs> it, it's, it's honestly, it's so funny. When that happens, like, it's really just the just, irony and just looking at it, it's like, hey, didn't you just? And it's it's you know, like you're the social media guy; you have no control over it. Yeah, it's fuck. It's fucking hilarious, though. It's absolutely hilarious. Little uh, slip ups and <laughs> all shit yeah. like that. It's fucking great. Um, that division, it looks like at this point it's going to be Dodgers and Padres. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Dod- 100%. Dodgers have won the division at this point. Yeah, they're the Padres are like the second or third the second best team in the national league yeah and they would be if you moved them to the american league they'd be the third best team yeah behind chicago and tampa so they're one of the best teams in the league and they'd be winning like three of the other divisions they would probably be yeah they'd be first place or tied for first in like every division but they're six games back Mm -hmm. in the nl west (laughs) yeah that the dodgers are an absolute juggernaut it's just when you look at all the teams the standings you go Dodgers, and then the rest. Yeah. Like, there's no one even close. Mm -hmm. Like, the Rays, their record isn't far off in terms of their 27-12. and 
the Dodgers are 30 and 10. But the Dodgers are just on a different planet. Yeah. Their run differential is plus 102. No one else is even over 50. Mm -hmm. They've only given up uh, 126 runs. That is insane. To have only given up that few of runs and scored that many. And, I mean, not to mention they're on fire. They're on a six-game winning streak. Mm -hmm. Eight and two in their last ten. That team's on style. Kershaw's doing really good right now. Kershaw is lighting it up. Lights out. He just got yeah. um what is twenty five hundredth strikeout. I, I believe. believe. So. I think it, I saw he was the third fastest in MLB history to reach that mark. Yep. So, um, he's definitely. I mean, this has been a well known fact. He's guaranteed Hall of Famer. Yeah, Clayton Kershaw, one of the best pitchers in the last twenty years. Um, I'd say he's but, probably the most dominant pitcher I've seen. In yeah. my lifetime, like and, and mine as well. Because what are the what? It's probably Verlander, CC, Scherzer, Kershaw, right? Yeah. Some somewhere like that. And like Roy Halladay a little bit, mm-hmm. and like Adam Wainwright early on, but yeah. Kershaw's on another level. Like he was winning Cy Youngs and MVPs in the same year, and shit like multiple times. Like he is insane. And like the last few years, you could kind of see it like trailing off. But he's back. Yeah. He's still got it. Mm-hmm. I think uh, it's it's a runaway mm-hmm. for the Dodgers this year. Like, I, I don't see there being anybody that can beat them. Mm-hmm. Not right now. Not in October. Come World Series. Because it's almost a guarantee they're going to be there. Like, who who's going to knock them out? No I one think, can even beat them in the regular season right now. I think the one problem that there will be for the Dodgers is the fact that they will most likely be in a bubble for the playoffs, so they'll have no home field advantage at all and no, like, benefit from playing at Dodger Stadium just in general with, like, the the, um, the measurements of the field, you know? Mm -hmm. But, I mean, yeah, it's it's a runaway. The only teams I could really see competing with them at this point is probably San Diego, Tampa... Maybe the White Sox if they get really hot. Yeah. It depends. Like, I think the White Sox could go out there and beat them once or twice, but in a seven-game series, a team that has no playoff experience versus a team that's been to two World Series in the last three years, Mm -hmm. I'm taking the team that's been to two World Series in the last three years. Yeah. Like, I don't know if there's any team in a seven-game series that can can go head-to-head with the Dodgers and, and beat them. I couldn't. No, like I maybe couldn't in seven games there could be a team mm-hmm. that sneaks one out, but yeah. I, I, I don't see anyone being able to stand up to those Dodgers, man. No, they're just, they're just way out of this world. Yeah. Uh, with that being said, let's go into our weekly awards. Uh, it was an exciting week of baseball. A lot of crooked numbers were being put up by some mm-hmm. monster hitters. So I'd love to have you start us off. All right. So we're going to start with our player of the week. Now, this is a guy who he's never been, like, a, a talked-about player. Never – I don't know if – he might have been an all-star, like, once in, like, an odd year. Um, he's never really been someone in a lot of baseball conversations. He just kind of floats around team to team, you know, produces here and there. But, you know, probably bats around, like, 250, you know, whatever. This is a guy, his name is Alex Dickerson. He's a San Francisco Giant. You might have heard of him this week. 
he decided he wanted to just pour an absolute onslaught on the Colorado Rockies to the tune of five hits, all of which were extra base hits, two doubles, three home runs, I think six or seven RBIs. Yep. He's the first Giants player since, I believe, 1901 to have five extra base hits in a game. I think he's actually the first player to mm-hmm. have, like, five extra base hits since, like, 1922 or something. Yeah, probably in the live ball era. Yeah. So this week in general, too, has just been lights out for him. He's 13 for 24 in the past seven games, 542 average. That equates to four homers, nine RBIs, four doubles. Um, a lot of those stats did come from that one game, but what a game it was, and it would just be absolutely criminal to mm-hmm. not talk about him in some capacity. Yeah. And not even to take anything away from the other guys on the Giants that, that were raking. Like, you got Brandon Crawford had six RBIs. Mm-hmm. That never happened. Donovan Solano, Donovan I think, Donovan Solano, I think, yeah, he had They're six like RBIs, too. The first, first trio. To yeah, I think ever Yeah, to have six RBIs all in the same game. So that was insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other side of that, we're going to toe on the rubber on the uh, pitcher of the week. When I looked at, you know, for this past week, and I saw the names... I always talk about you, Darvish. And he, once again, last night came out, pitched seven innings, only gave up one hit, had a no-hitter going into the sixth inning, I believe. But I saw, an, uh, I saw a name up there. And this is a guy who myself and you have been absolutely thrashing on this podcast. This has been an absolute dumpster fire of a podcast for Matthew Boyd. <laughs> now... He, for for a lot of the season, he was, like, the worst ERA, most hits allowed, most home runs. But Matthew Boyd, he's quietly bouncing back. To to my surprise, to to everyone's surprise. I am shocked. This guy, Matthew Boyd, this week, 12 innings pitched and two starts. Two quality starts, not to mention. 2.25 ERA, 14 strikeouts, .67 whip. Now... For a guy that was giving up, like, seven runs in, like, a five-inning span in, like, two games because he'd get pulled in the third, and he'd have, like, two strikeouts, four walks, some yeah. some shit like that, seeing him kind of get back to this form is what we need to see from him. Mm-hmm. And I love that he's trying. He's bouncing back. He's trying to make something out of nothing from this season because he's been god-awful atrocious up to this point yeah so seeing him bounce back like this uh i'm glad to see it i hope it can last i hope he finally you know found something in the camera room like oh my mechanic was off by slightly this he found something let's hope that was the case i'm hoping matthew boyd from two seasons ago i'm hoping he's back it'd be interesting to see uh he's picked a good time to do it especially after the trade deadline Mm -hmm. if he did it any sooner he probably would have got traded um for me this week, I have a late change for my player of the week because I saw somebody even better. Okay. Uh, I'm going to start this off with my pitcher of the week. Uh, so this week he made one start, I believe. And he had one start. He went eight innings. Allowed two hits, had three walks, unfortunately, but nine Ks, did not get the win, or no, he did get the win, 
and um, he's been hot for one of the hottest teams in baseball, and that's Aaron Nola. Okay. Who Aaron Nola's been pretty good this season. Uh, him and Zach Wheeler have been trying to lead that uh, rotation that doesn't have that much depth. Made an absolute great start this week for the Phillies. And for my player of the week, I have Mr. Marcel Ozuna. That's a good pick. A very good pick. Six games this week, 25 at-bats. Uh, he scored seven runs, had 12 hits, three doubles. He had four home runs, three of them in one game against the Red Sox. Yeah. 11 RBIs. He walked four times. At 480, 552 on base percentage, 1632 OPS. Mm. He was a monster this week. Yeah. And like the Braves were in general, because not to take anything away from Marcelo Zuna, but he had a teammate do the same thing the next day. <laughs> Adam Duval hit three bombs the day after Marcelo Zuna. Yeah. So you had two. I put three fingers up. I'm a dummy. <laughs> two Braves players with. A three home run game. Yeah, the Braves have just been scoring runs. The Braves are just like they had so many pitchers get hurt that they just need mm-hmm. they just need guys to go out there and hit three bombs every once in a while. Yeah, you know why not? Uh weekly award. My fun weekly one. award. My fun one. We always like to keep it fun. This guy, you know, he wanted to take a, a journey across the country, so he bought a bus ticket, right? But this bus ticket, it wasn't the regular bus. It wasn't the Greyhound. He bought a ticket to the Struggle Bus. <laughs> now this guy, not only did he board the Struggle Bus, he got ran over by that bitch. This is the Struggle Bus Award. And it goes to Gary Sanchez. This guy has been god-awful. Probably ah. one of the worst players in the league right now. Gary Sanchez, just this week, he's three for 19. Two of his three hits were home runs. Uh, He only had seven strikeouts, but on a season, this is his season. That's his 13 hits in 96 at-bats, a 135 average, seven homers, 15 RBIs. So a little over half of his hits are home runs. He is literally the guy that's going to hit a home run or strikeout. And speaking of strikeouts, he's got 44 strikeouts. So oh my half of his at-bats are strikeouts. Gary Sanchez did not just board the struggle bus. It ran him over and then put it in reverse and ran him over again and then put it back in drive and ran over his rotting corpse once again. He is awful. He is bad, and he needs to be benched. <laughs> he sucks. <laughs> he sucks so bad. This is rule number three of the podcast that I have to make aware to you. There is no Gary Sanchez slander allowed. Oh, there is. This, this, we're not in foul territory anymore. We're in the Yankees dugout beating the fuck out of Gary Sanchez. Because he sucks. It's not nice. He's awful. It's not what you want. And you cannot sit here and defend him because how bad has he been? I'm not going to defend Gary Sanchez, but that's my baby. I get it. It's your baby. You know what? The catcher on my team has been struggling too, so I feel that. Wilson Contreras has been trash. They're switching. They're they're both driving the struggle bus. They're they're driving it. 
They're yep. switching. They're switching every four hours. Yeah. Gary's got the day shift. Contreras has got the night shift. <laughs> they're working twelve hours apiece. Oh, they both stink. God. But Gary Sanchez is is by far all right. All right, enough. The top rider on the street of us. I don't want to talk about it anymore. You don't even have to say like Gary said. You just say every single player on the Yankees at this point. <laughs> I don't even want to hear it anymore. God. Right, well, have fun topping that. 44 strikeouts. Is That's that serious? Awful. Yeah. He has 96 plate appearances yep. at bats? Yep. Oh, my God. 44 strikeouts. That's half the fucking time. Literally. Oh, That's my awful. God. I wish we could take a commercial break. <laughs> you need a second to recollect. God, that's so bad. Ah! God, get it out of my head. All right. Um, my team award this week is for a team that just wouldn't quit. Uh, and I call this award the Stop, Stop, They're Already Dead. And I give this one to the San Francisco Giants. Because they just would not stop <laughs> killing the Colorado Rockies this week. 23 runs, like we said before, 23 runs in a game. It was like, what? Well, it was like 14 nothing after seven. Yeah. So they just said, fuck it, and scored nine more in the last two innings. <laughs> yeah. And like the crazy, like the Alex Dickerson thing, he had, what, two extra at bats? He was at yeah. three home runs through, mm-hmm. what, like six innings? Yeah, I think so. And he had two two more at-bats in that game yeah. where he had a chance to get four. Mm-hmm. And what, he hit a double? He hit, or he, he walked, walked one at-bat. And the next one he came up and hit a 414-foot double off the wall, which they said would have been a home run in 29 other ballparks. Yeah. Every single other ballpark that's gone except for Colorado. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. Yeah, he would have had four homers. He would have had a four-homer game. That would be, what? Five extra base hits with four homers. Yeah. And, and a walk. Double. And yeah. a double. Oh, my God. Dude, the Rockies. I don't even know how you let that happen. I don't know how you can be so bad at pitching that you allow 23 runs. Yeah. Like, I've seen some bad performances. That's terrible. Yeah. Um, Moving on to probably the meat of this podcast. Since we're, what, 35, 40 games into the season now? 20 games, about 22 games left. Uh, We're coming down to the wire. We got to look at who's going to win these awards. Mm -hmm. Because there's some tight races going on right now. And let's take a look back at what we said prior to the season starting. And then we'll get into... Who we're thinking okay. is going to win these awards. All right. So how about you start us off? So for my big three of the awards, talking about the MVPs, Cy Youngs, and Rookie of the Years, those are the ones we're going to talk about. My American League MVP to begin the season, I had Mike Trout. Um, in the National League, my uh, my pick was Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, my Cy Youngs were American League Justin Verlander and the National League Walker Bueller, and my Rookie of the Year predictions were uh, for the American League, Luis Robert, and the NL was Dylan Carlson from the Cardinals. What did you have? So prior to the season starting, I had in the American League, AL MVP, Francisco Lindor, Cy Young, Garrett Cole, and Rookie of the Year was Nate Pearson. 
Okay. National League MVP, Christian Yelich, Cy Young, Jack Flaherty, and Rookie of the Year, Dustin May. Mm. Uh, mine, when it's from what it looks like right now, um, I'm awful. Yeah, that I'm bad. Some bad ones. I'm bad at this. Uh, yours aren't as bad. Mm-mm. But who are we thinking for these? Let's start it so, out with um, top three Cy Young candidates AL. All right, AL Cy Young. Uh, like I said, I predicted Justin Verlander this year. Number one, it's not even close at this point. This guy could even be competing for an MVP. It's Shane Bieber. Mm-hmm. If you have your rankings for your Cy Young, and there's anybody but Shane Bieber at number one, you're wrong. And that's point blank and period. Shane Bieber this season's been absolutely unstoppable. He's six and zero, one point two zero ERA, eighty four strikeouts, equating to that fourteen point four Ks per nine, which is absolutely ridiculous. He's only allowed seven runs in fifty two and two thirds innings worked. That's crazy. That's mm-hmm. insane. Shane Bieber, barring some wonky ass starts coming up in his next like three starts yeah three or four starts to end the season he's he ran away with it it's already his he better start cleaning them shelves because he's putting a Cy Young trophy on him um my number two guy though Lance Lynn from Texas that's my number two guy at the moment uh he's kind of slumped his last like start kind of raises ERA now he's sitting at four and two with a 2.67 ERA, seven quality starts, which is pretty damn impressive. Um, 63 strikeouts. Um, I think he would probably have a bit better of a record. He might even be undefeated if he had a better offensive lineup mm-hmm. to, to back him up if he wasn't on Texas. But for being on Texas to still have that record and, and that ERA, that's pretty good. Yeah. So I got him sitting in my number two. And my number three, it was a toss-up. But I still gave it to Dylan Bundy. The LA Angels. He kind of same thing with Lancelin. He's kind of slumped a little bit, but he's still also four and two, two point four nine ERA, fifty five punch outs, five quality starts. He's still a guy that came out of nowhere. He's playing great. He's one of the top pitchers, nonetheless, in the American League. He's at my number three. What about you? What do you got? Bieber, Lynn, Bundy. Same thing. Yep. Look at that. <laughs> and you know what? Since you got the same thing. My in-the-hunt. I have an in-the-hunt for each of these categories. Mm-hmm. My two pitchers, you know, they're not in the top three, but they're they're floating up there. They're, they're top-tier pitchers still. Um, we're looking at Kenta Maeda from Minnesota mm-hmm. and Dallas Keigel from the White Sox. If those guys can come out in the next couple starts, put together some good starts, quality starts, lower the ERA, compile some more strikeouts, they could creep up into the three and the two, even though realistically... Like I said, it's Bieber's award to lose. Mm-hmm. So I don't think any of those guys are going to it's gonna win it. But they're up there. They're in, like, the top five. Yeah, it's a runaway at this point for Bieber. As long as he can avoid an injury or, you know, some catastrophic starts. Uh, yeah, Dallas Keuchel's been a quiet one because he's been – you really haven't heard much about Dallas Keuchel because especially with that White Sox team, mm-hmm. you're really only hearing about that killer lineup yeah. and not really the pitching. But, yeah, Keuchel's been great. Yeah, he's um, silently been really good. Yeah, uh, Kent Maeda as well has been great. Obviously had that no-hit bid into the ninth. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'll always help with your season stats. Um, how about Cy Young race in the National League? Okay. Now, this race is a little more interesting. 
when you look at the American League, like we said, there's the one guy that's running away with it. This one, these top three guys, you could go in any order here, and you'd still you have an argument, and you wouldn't be wrong. Mm-hmm. So for me personally, my order right now, number one in the National League, I got you, Darvish. Now, you, Darvish, this year has been absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. Just last night, like I said, he had a no-hitter going into the sixth. I think he had a no-hitter going like a couple weeks ago into like the seventh, I believe. Um, he's 7-1 and one on the season, 1.44 ERA, which is the best in the National League. Um, seven quality starts, 63 punch-outs. Yu Darvish is having an absolutely resurgent season. Um, it started all the way uh, at the All-Star break last mm-hmm. year, and it's continued over into this season. He's playing lights out. My number two, which these guys are easily interchangeable, and same thing with number three, I got Max Fried, Atlanta Braves. That's a good one. This guy, 6-0, and nothing to scoff at here. Uh, 1.60 ERA, only 43 strikeouts, um, but he does have one less start than you, uh, Darvish, but hasn't lost a decision yet. Max Fried, young kid, I believe he's like 22, young kid, really good, having a phenomenal season for, for that Braves pitching staff who desperately needed it with all the, the opt-outs and injuries that they've had. Yep. Um, and then number three, also you could interchange him for, for two and one. That's Jacob DeGrom. This is a guy he's always going to be in the conversation. Probably the best pitcher in baseball over the past three years. Absolutely lights out. If he was on a better team, oh, good grief. How scary that would be. Yeah. Um, this season, he is only 2-1, and one, and I believe eight starts, but that's because he's on the Mets, and he loves to pitch like seven innings, not give up any runs, and the bullpen just blows it. Yeah. So that's not his fault that he's only 2-1. and one. But he's still got a 1.76 ERA, 58 strikeouts. Um, all three of those guys are just having dynamite seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, it really is anyone's award to win between those three guys. And neither of them are, are out of it, I would say. It's it's anyone's win. Yeah. Um, for me, same. Number one is Darvish. He's just been lights out. Not even really close i mean there's it's a much closer race but he's just been every every start he makes is just an absolute gem Mm -hmm. uh number two uh, i have trevor bauer oh okay he's been good and he's really i mean he's it's a contract year it's a team that's not very good uh he's really been he's been out there and he's pitching well and uh, number three, same. I have Degrom. Degrom's as long as Degrom is healthy, he's gonna be top three in that Cy Young race every year. Mm-hmm. And if he was on a much better team, it'd be a lot different. Um, but you know, it is what it is for him. He's won MV or he's won Cy Youngs before on while playing for the Mets. So mm-hmm. no stranger. You know, he's no stranger. He knows. He knows what it's like. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, the MVP races, I feel like, are really like neck and neck at this point. Yes, I there so. really isn't a guy that's just far and away, Mm-mm. just running away with it. And really, I think at this point, the only race where there's just one guy clearly above the rest is the AL Cy Young. Yeah. Um. So, I'll start this one off. Okay. With the AL MVPs, now. Obviously, number you can put this in any order you want. But my top three here are going to be 
Mike Trout, Jose Abreu, and my number three is Luke Voigt. Okay. Mike Trout, if Mike Trout is alive and breathing, he is the best player in baseball. Without a doubt. Not It's not even a competition. So, of course, if he is playing, and for playing on a team that is as bad as the Angels, like the Angels have obviously been bad the entire time Trout's been there, but this year is just horrific. Yeah. And he is just out there every single day just saying, fuck these guys. I'm just going to go be the best player of all time. Mm-hmm. And just goes out there fucking dominates. Jose Abreu has come kind of out of nowhere. He's gotten super hot the last two weeks. Hitting bombs left and right. Hitting for average, too, the last few weeks. Yeah. And he's really leading that team because he's I think it's probably him and Yasmani Grandal are, like, the two oldest players on that team. Everybody else is, like, first, second-year rookie. Like, Tim Anderson's, what, like, his third season? Yeah. Oh, they got Edwin, too. Edwin, yeah. He's old. But he's kind of... I don't think Edwin's been playing as much. No, I think he's been more platooning on that with that DH. Yeah. But other than those guys, I mean, they're... Jose Abreu is just leading that offense with all those rookies. It's, like, him, Tim Anderson, and then, obviously, Luis Robert... Eloy's played a little, you know, Eloy's young. He's been really good, too. He's been great. Uh, you know, I think no more Mazzara's been hurt, but, um, yeah. uh, what, Nick Madrigal's been playing a little bit, I and, so. um, I can't think of the other one. Um, gosh, I don't not know. Eloy. Um, third baseman. Yoan Mankata. Yoan Mankata. There we go. Uh, and number three, I have Luke Voigt, and the Yankees are an absolute fucking mess. But they have Luke Voigt, who since he got traded to the Yankees has been absolutely dominant. He's been top 10 in every statistical category offensively since he got there, so over the last two and a half seasons. This year, batting 313 bombs, like 40 RBIs. He's just, and he's apparently playing through like a foot injury. Like he is just carrying a fucking dead heavy ass fucking horse of a Yankees lineup that there is just trotting them out there every day but Luke Voigt is there to save the day sometimes but we usually will blow it but it doesn't matter about that mm-hmm. so that being said how about you so my top three is based on what it is right now I still am sticking with at the end of the season Mike Trout is going to win the MVP but as of this moment right now, if the season were to end right now, my standings. Number one, I've got Jose Abreu. Mm-hmm. You talked about him a little bit. Well, let's run through some statistics real quick. Give me the numbers. Right now, Jose Abreu, he's batting 319, mm-hmm. which is good for fifth in the American League. Yep. He's got 12 homers, 38 RBIs, and a .619 slugging, which is fourth yep. in the American League. He's got the stats. He's got the team record that proves that He's a factor Mm -hmm. in the lineup, and he's electric. He's hit, I believe, there was a stretch he had, like, seven home runs in, like, ten games, Mm -hmm. I think, just recently. He's going off the charts. Right now, I think, with with everything combined and for what he means to that team, I have him at number one, barely. But number two, that's where we got Mike Trout. Um, He's kind of, 
slowing down in the average category mm-hmm. this year. He's only hitting two seventy six, which still is nothing to scoff at. Yeah. But but typically when you think of Mike Trout, you know, three hundred about. Mm-hmm. Um fourteen homers. He leads the league. I think he's the only or Tatis I think is tied I with him at fourteen. Might have 14. Um thirty six RBI. So I got him barely in second right now. And at third, I've got Nelson Cruz. With with how he started the season, just absolutely berserk, and he's kept it up. He's hitting three thirty one, which for a guy that's almost, or if not, he is. He's I 40. think forty years old. He's forty one, I think maybe forty or forty one. To be hitting three thirty one with thirteen jacks, twenty nine RBIs, a four twenty OBP, and a one point zero seven five OPS. He's the only guy in the American League with. A higher OPS than a 1.0. The only yeah. one. And he's just a forgotten about hero mm-hmm. right now. He's the Twins' best hitter. And yeah. you wouldn't think that when you look at their lineup. He's a 41-year-old, you know, mm-hmm. aged veteran. He's going to hit a couple bombs, probably hit like 240. You know, good insert in the lineup. But this guy's been, he's carrying them. He just won't stop. He won't. He's just... He's ancient, and yeah. he just, he won't stop. He's got the David Ortiz effect. Maybe. Wait, What's there? that? A little a couple extra shots in the arm? Is yeah. that the David Ortiz effect? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, you, ta- you touched on it. I have my in the hunt category once again. I had Luke Voigt at the number four. And a guy that's sneaky good this year over in Toronto, Teoscar Hernandez, mm-hmm. is having a really good season. Um, obviously not as good as the guys in front of him. But he's up there. I put him in the top five, sitting at number five. Teoscar Hernandez, great season for that kid. Oh, hell yeah. Um, NL MVP, I'll let you start this one off. Okay. So my NL MVP, uh, just a reminder, my prediction was Ronald Acuna. Mm-hmm. Started out terrible. Now he's he's doing he's pretty good. Around, he's coming yeah. around. coming around. But it's, it's a little too late for that. Mm-hmm. My number one right now, I think this one – is is a little more of a like it's it's one guy leading the way mm-hmm. right now more so than the American League number one's Tatis yeah this guy is the most electrifying player in baseball right now I would say biggest personality love this guy one of my favorite players um, so far this year he's hitting 308 14 homers 37 RBIs he's leading Slam Diego to a playoff berth. I called it before the season that they'd make it. You didn't have him in there. Yeah. I did. I, I wouldn't say that I saw Tatis being the MVP candidate, but, I mean, I, I kind of hoped. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of had that in my head. Like, you know, it might be cool to see, and I'm glad it's coming through for him. So I got him at number one. My number two, it sucks for him because he's on such a shitty team this year, but Juan Soto is just absolutely blowing the cover off the ball mm-hmm. this guy 354 average the only guy that he is trailing in the average category in the entire major leagues mm-hmm. is trey turner his teammate yeah who i think he's down by a couple points um but like i said 354 average only 11 homers 26 rbis but uh this kid is insane oh yeah he is a lethal weapon and if the Nationals can can build a better team than they have now around him, they're going to be scary. And I don't know if I see him winning the MVP this year over Tatis. I think Tatis is, is going to run away with it. But Juan Soto is definitely turning heads. 
and he oh, is for sure. a phenomenal baseball player. And then at number three, let's talk about the 13-year, $380 million man. That's <laughs> Mookie Betts. Signed that deal with the Dodgers this year, and he's he's owning up. He, he's, he's showing that he's worth it, more so than his other teammate that won the MVP, Cody Bellinger. But uh, Mookie Betts so far hitting to the tune of 308, 13 homers, 30 RBIs. Uh, definitely is the leading hitter on that Dodgers team. He's playing lights out. Um, absolutely love Mookie Betts. All-around great guy. Love seeing him having a good season. I have him at third. And then my in-the-hunt couple guys also in this list. Um, I'll just touch on them real quick. Uh, my four, five, and six. We've got Manny Machado's up there. Marcelo Zuna's having a great season. Mm-hmm. And then Trey Turner are, are in-the-hunt. I put them at. What do you have? So for me, I have the same at one and two. So I have Tatis Jr., like you said, and then Mookie Betts is my two instead of your three. Okay. My number three, you're going to like. And he is just, he's carrying a team that, they're in first place, but like the core four of that team really hasn't been that good so he's kind of carrying the load and i have ian hap yes ian hap has scored 19 runs he has 38 hits nine doubles a triple 10 bombs 22 rbis been 311 421 on base percentage and a 1068 ops Mm. he is carrying that cubs team him and jason hayward which is surprising. Which is surprising, very surprising. As you look at guys like Wilson Contreras, is batting 242. Uh, Anthony Rizzo's batting 230. Schwarber's batting 230. Schwarber's hitting some bombs, but, you know, other than those guys, and Javi's been bad. He's batting 196. Chris yeah. Bryant really hasn't been playing as much. He's batting under 200. Ian Happ is not single handedly carrying that team, but him and Jason Hayward are holding hands, carrying the rest of that Cubs lineup mm. to first place in the NL Central. Love that pick. I was hoping you would say that. It's I was, a good I was pick. Holding him back. It's a good pick to make, and I like him a lot. Mm. But at, it's definitely not that tight of a race. Tatis, as long as he keeps up a similar pace, is mm. probably just going to take it. Um, then we've got... Rookies of the year for AL and NL, and then I've got my question for you. Okay. So, rookie of the year, AL. Rookie of the year, AL. My prediction, beginning of the season, I said it was going to be Luis Robert for the White Sox, and I couldn't have been more right. Um, He's my number one guy right now, and I don't think it is uh, all that close. Uh, He's hitting 277 this year, 11 homers, 27 RBIs. He is easily the most exciting rookie to watch in baseball this year. He has been a great addition and insert to that lineup for the Chicago White Sox. Already amazing hitting lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, love seeing what he's doing this year, and I'm glad that I had that prediction at the beginning of the season. I'm glad to see that it's uh, it's panning out. Yeah. Um, my number two guy, this guy is also, I mean, nothing to scoff at. Once again, this is Kyle Lewis for Seattle. He came out of nowhere. No one expected this kind of a season from him. No one expected him to be basically single-handedly carrying the Mariners even though they stink mm-hmm. but 
they're better than what they were supposed to be, and that's in part because of this kid. Um, he's hitting 319, which for a rookie, hitting over 300 is awesome. That doesn't happen a whole lot. Yeah. So that that's pretty special um, for him to be doing that. Eight home runs as well, 21 RBIs to go with it. Um, and my number three, I went with the pitcher. This guy, he was in the league last year, but uh, he didn't acquire enough service time, so he's mm-hmm. still it's considered a rookie this year, kind of like Aaron Judge a couple seasons ago. This is Randy Dobnak. We've talked about him a couple times in this podcast. He's been a great piece in that Minnesota starting rotation. Um, he's got six wins, two losses, um, a 2.72 ERA, 21 strikeouts. Which that's not great, but for a young kid, I mean, he's not a strikeout pitcher. He's more of a you know pitch to contact, ground ball, fly out kind of guy. Which you know, it's working for him. He's got a, a sub three ERA, six wins. That's pretty good for the rookie. So I'm looking at those as my top three, but Robert's going to run away with it. I like that. Um, so my top two are the same. Uh, Luis Robert and Kyle Lewis obviously have been amazing mm-hmm. up to this point. And Kyle Lewis is just like batting three nineteen, and then he's got the four oh eight on base percentage. That's impressive. Um, but my number three is a little bit of a surprise. Oh. It's a guy that you probably wouldn't think about too much, and it's a Kansas City Royal, and it's Ryan McBroom. Okay. So he's played 30 games this year, so almost the entire season. That's about 75% of the season at this point. Uh, he's batting 288, getting on base at a 320 uh, on base percentage, with a slugging percentage of 879, so well above the MLB average. He's got five homers, only nine RBIs, but it's also not a good Royals lineup right now. Mm-hmm. You know, 19 hits in, or whoops, 17, no, where'd he go? There he <laughs> is, 19 hits in 66 at-bats, yeah. Um, you know, he's good. There really hasn't been that many impressive rookies Mm-mm. in the American League. Right. Um, there's like four of them that play for the Mariners, and like three of them have been all right. Yeah. Um, other than that, it's not that tight of a race. Mm-hmm. It's definitely just top two, and then it's a lot of drop guys. It's a big drop off. Yeah. Um, and then National League Rookie of the Year. National League. So, again, I'll remind you, my prediction was Dylan Carlson for St. Louis. Uh, he's hitting like under 200, not not great. Yeah. Um, my number one guy. I don't think anybody was talking about him to begin the season. I don't even think if you were looking at the charts for, you know, predictions, mm-hmm. you didn't see this guy's name. We're looking at Jake Cronenworth for the San Diego Padres. What a quietly great season he's having. For this rookie, he's hitting three thirty-three, which is insane for a rookie. Mm-hmm. And that's just good for anyone in general. He's got four home runs, 17 RBIs. You know, not the biggest power guy, but he's a hitter. Yeah. So I got him as my number one. Number two, we got a starting pitcher for the New York Mets. That's David Peterson. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I didn't even know about this guy until I saw him in MLB The Show <laughs> when I was playing. I didn't know who this guy was. But now I'm seeing him on the charts. Uh, he's 4-1 on the season, 3.03 ERA, uh, 21 strikeouts. So, you know, again, he's not you know, a strikeout pitcher yet, uh, like Dobnak, but, but still 4-1. He's got two more decisions than Jacob deGrom does. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he, he's, he's looking pretty good this year. So I threw him at number two. And then number three, we got another guy no one was really talking about, Sam Hilliard 
from Colorado, the outfielder. Um, he's hitting 250, not great, but not bad. Um, six home runs, 10 RBIs. So, you know, nothing special, but he's still put, putting together a solid rookie campaign. Oh, yeah, for sure. And uh, I've got the same, well, same number one spot as you. Cronenworth has just been great. I didn't even know who this kid was before this season. You know, four homers, 17 RBIs. He's been 333, getting on base 390. You know, not that many strikeouts. And he's played pretty much every game this season. He has 111 at-bats. Uh, my number two spot is Alec Bohm. This guy I like a lot, especially at third base for those Phillies. Uh, he's played 20 games, two homers, 10 RBIs, batting 299, getting on base three, uh, 355 clip, 818 OPS. He's been good. He's been good defensively, too. Uh, he's been a big help for that lineup. Mm-hmm. And then my th- third spot is a guy that most people wouldn't know. He's a San Francisco Giants, Mauricio Dubon. Oh, who has played 33 games. Uh, they were talking about him a lot because they were moving him. He's been playing, like, every single position for the Giants this year. A lot of center field, but, like, they'll see him at second base, shortstop, other outfield position. Like, he's just been moving everywhere. Uh, he's only got one home run, but he's got 10 RBIs. He's batting 286, 330 uh, on-base percentage. Uh, a couple steals. Not that many walks, which you'd like to get that up a little bit more, but not a lot of strikeouts either. He's really just putting the ball in play. He's good defensively. And like I, like we've said, there's not that many great rookies to choose from, especially when it's a 60-game season. Mm-hmm. But he's been quietly good. Somebody that probably you'll see for the next few years with the Giants. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's about that's about it when it comes to the really great rookies. Okay. Uh, we got a couple minutes. I want to pose this question to you, real quick. Okay. We've been to a lot of baseball games, and we've seen a lot of baseball. My question for you is, who is the best baseball player you've ever seen in person? The best baseball player I have ever seen in person. I would have to say it's a toss-up. One of them, the legend, the GOAT, one of my favorite players of all time, inspired me to play baseball, to get into baseball, and for it to become one of my passions. That's Derek Jeter. One of the greatest names, one of the greatest players, a pioneer <laughs> for sure stuff. Not really. Uh, but, but Derek Jeter, uh, he's one of them. And then I could go for my hometown, Miguel Cabrera, one of the best hitters of the past 20 years. First Triple Crown uh, in 2012 since, I believe, what, Ted Williams? It was like Carl Yastrzemski in 1960s. Something like that, mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, if I had to pick, I think Miguel Cabrera is probably the best player I've ever seen live. He's going to be a no-doubt Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to have 500 career home runs, 3,000 hits. He is, without a doubt, the best player I've ever seen live. I... So, like, obviously I've seen a lot of Tigers games. So, guys like Cabrera and Verlander are up there. Um, Jeter. One interesting one is I got to see Ken Griffey Jr. once. But it was Cincinnati Griffey. Still the same guy. Still the same guy. But, you know, I think my answer to that one is Alex Rodriguez. 
Because Fair. A-Rod was an absolute monster. So, that's it. I mean, he was. I wish he didn't do roids, but you know what? That's One of the best right, players though. of all time, regardless. But, uh, yeah. What are you going to do about it sometimes? Yeah. All right. We're out of here. We'll see you later.